This is our fourth and, I believe, final session on Colossians 1, 21 to 23. You who once were alienated and enemies in mind doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in faith founded and steadfast, I think that's what he's aiming at in this paragraph. I want to help you be founded and steadfast and not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. And now here's where we are in this session. The one proclaimed in all creation, the gospel proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. So, Father, as we focus on this global dimension of the gospel and its function here for these readers, and on Paul's personal involvement with it, I pray that we would see what's really here, that we would have hearts that are expansive enough to grasp what it means that the gospel is the kind of gospel that is proclaimed in all the world under heaven. I ask that in Jesus' name, amen. Now, the first thing I need to deal with, I think, is the way I've translated it, because you'll see in the ESV and others that this says, which has been. So not the one, but not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven. Which creates, of course, a great problem when it's translated that way, because <laughs> technically it hadn't been proclaimed in all creation under heaven. In fact, Paul says very plainly in Romans 15 that he's on his way to Spain. There are vast stretches of the creation under heaven where the gospel has not been proclaimed. So, am I just tinkering with the translation in order to solve a problem? No. <laughs> there's, there's nothing in this participle that requires a temporal translation like which has been. It's simply an aorist participle, nominal participle, defining the gospel. What, what gospel are you talking about? It is the proclaimed in all creation under heaven gospel. That's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of gospel I'm talking about. And there's nothing in the tense of the verb, the aorist, as a participle, and there's nothing in the participle itself that requires it be translated as though it has already happened. So, a simple, straightforward translation of the participle is this, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, the one proclaimed, the kind of gospel, the nature of the gospel, the sort of gospel, the reality of the gospel, it is the one that is proclaimed in all creation under heaven. That is, 
That's what's happening to it. Not that it's done. In fact, let's go back to chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. Of this hope laid up for you in heaven, you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world. It is bearing fruit and increasing. That's a good paraphrase of what we're looking at. It is bearing fruit and increasing as it does, as it also does among you since the day that you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. So this gospel is the kind of gospel which in the whole world is bearing fruit. Everywhere it goes in the gospel, in the, in the world, it bears fruit. It is being proclaimed in all creation. Second question, why does he say it? What, what, what draws him at this point not to just say, if indeed you continue in the faith, founded and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, period. Why does he add, proclaimed in all creation under heaven? I'll give you my suggestion. I think Paul has never been to this church. I mean, I know that because it says in chapter 2, verse 1, I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen my face. So he knows that whether it's Laodicea or whether it's Colossae or others, he had never met these people. These people have been brought to faith through other people. And Paul is now reaching out to embrace them with his own apostleship, and he's going to try to tell them, look, I preach the gospel everywhere I can, and I'm on my way to Spain and other places, and I want you to know that what you have believed is not a provincial gospel. It's not like an Asia Minor gospel. It's not like a Greek-speaking gospel. It's not a Roman gospel. It is a gospel for the creation under heaven. Every single people group, every language, every area and place, any place under heaven, this gospel is relevant and authoritative. The one who wrought it on the cross is the Son of God who created all things. So he's telling them, I think, what I'm talking to you about in this gospel is not provincial, it's not small, it's not local. Jesus is not a tribal deity. He's the creator of the universe, and you have been touched now and brought into a kingdom that is vast and will one day include everything under heaven. And then, of course, he could have said, and there is a command from the Lord, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And he could have pointed to the fact that the promise, not just a command, but a promise exists. This gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world, the cosmos as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. It's commanded here, go and make disciples, and it's promised here it's going to happen. This gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed 
And I don't doubt that Paul, when he was speaking to these folks, was thinking, I want them to know what the destiny of this gospel is. All the nations will be included. Indeed, everything under heaven will be included. That's the kind of gospel that has saved you. And similarly, since Paul had never met these people, he now says, I, Paul, became a minister of this global gospel. And he's setting up what's coming right after this, where he's going to repeat this. I have become, by God's call on my life, your apostle and your minister, even though I've never seen you. Here are the verses that come immediately following it. This is where we'll turn in the coming sessions. Now I rejoice in my suffering for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what's lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church, of which I became a minister. So there it is. That's what he just said here. I became a minister. So he's preparing for this paragraph. I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you. I think that's the point. I want you to know that I don't just serve a global gospel in an impersonal way. God called me to serve you and to make the Word of God fully known. So the gospel is a global gospel, and I am a personal apostle of it. Feel yourself drawn up into something magnificent and relating to all creation, not just your area or your tribe, and know that I, Paul, was made part of this for your sake.